Do you love leading but hate all the stress it can bring? Being in a leadership role shouldn't ruin your life. You just need a guide to show you how to prevent those leadership fires before they start. And I am so excited to tell you that I've created the survival guide course you need to learn how to not only survive leadership, but thrive in leadership. And I even give you a workbook full of templates that you can plug and play at work tomorrow. So stop letting leadership stress get the best of you and enroll in my Leadership on the Rocks Survival Guide course today by clicking on the link in the show notes or by going to my website, leadershipontherocks.com and clicking the Enroll Now button. Again, that's leadershipontherocks.com and click the Enroll button. I'll see you in the course. Success in gaining wisdom and contentment is not a linear path with no obstacles. (laughs) Instead, it's more like a fall down, get back up road of trials that requires the squeezing of difficult situations and the crushing of failures. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese. And in today's episode, we're gonna learn about the secret to contentment and leadership and how we can get it even in the midst of a stressful working environment. I want you to know that I see you. I see you and I hear you. I see your frustration with your job, with your team and with your boss. I see your frustration with the problems, conflicts, and constraints you're working with and the problems, conflicts, and constraints that you are feeling crushed by. I see your frustrations and I even hear your exhaustion. You know, that deep breath and sigh of, I just can't even. I also feel your stress. I can feel your stress, your anxiety, and your doubt when any thought of your work crosses your mind. If I can get you to just kind of let your imagination wander free for a few minutes, I want to see if I can describe how many of you may be feeling when it comes to your work. And I want to use two extended metaphors here, see if any of them really align to how you're feeling right now. First, some of you may be feeling as though the stress of your job feels like you're having a desert experience. You know, you find yourself in an environment that you didn't choose to be in, yet it is absolutely sucking you dry. You feel as though you're in a wasteland, a valley of desperation where that stinging ball of fire from the sun keeps throwing its burning rays towards you with constant reminders of your unfinished to-do list. You have that feeling of a parched soul just seeking any kind of relief from the burning rays of that ball of fire and that parched soul that becomes so desperate that it begins seeing mirages of the perfect life or the oasis just beyond the horizon. And yet many of you in this situation, you become so desperate that you believe those mirages are real and you start to chase them. You start to chase any kind of relief. You just want to get away from the situation so bad and get back to some sort of a comfort in your life. And so you start running. You start running away from the situation. You start chasing. You're chasing the mirage, anything to get away from this desert experience. And so you chase the mirage to the right, and then you chase the one to the left. And before you know it, you're spending years of your life chasing the illusion that never really existed in the first place. Now, 
if you'll oblige me, I want to take this experience of being in such a stressful work environment and look at it from a different perspective. You know, maybe you're going through a really tough situation and maybe it's not a desert experience. Um, maybe it's not the soul left parched in the desert chasing the mirage of an oasis, but might I offer you an alternative extended metaphor instead? Let's say you're a grape, right? You're the sweet fruit produced from the vine of creation. And as you grow in the vine, you obtain the juices of knowledge that fill your head and skin of who you are and the world around you. And (laughs) life is good. But then at some point you've been picked. (laughs) You've been picked from the vine, a grape picked or hired from the cluster for a reason, you know, for you to take all that knowledge you have and apply it in a leadership position. But since you're no longer attached to the vine, you're experiencing a new environment that is stressing you out. Everything is new and new is scary because the new environment is one where there's no continued supply of nourishment from that vine. And before you know it, you quickly feel overwhelmed and unsure of what you even have to offer. After all, you were never the vine. You were just a grape on the vine and you were surrounded by other great grapes. But now you're a grape that's been plucked and you begin to feel the heat. You feel the sun with its expectations bearing down on you. But this time you don't have the vine to resupply the sweat equity that you're pouring out. And it's here that the scorched sun moments that you decide one of two options. Your first choice, you can choose to compare your job now with what you've known on the vine. And in living in this constant state of comparison, you give in to the heat. And by giving in to the heat, you begin to dehydrate. All that fleshy knowledge and plumpness of your life that you had begins to shrivel up. And before you know it, you've turned into a raisin (laughs) destined to be a short-term snack. Or there's a second option. And if you take the second option, you're a plucked grape and you choose to allow the new environment to push against you, squeezing you so that a little bit of that fleshy knowledge that you have flows out of you and turns into the juice of insights. And juicy insights, you know, they now have the ability to adjust to any environment because they're a liquid because they know how to take the shape of the container in which you now find yourself. But it's here where you actually have a choice to continue on your journey of purpose. Should you allow the sweet juice of insights to experience a complete breakdown of yourself through time, you'll find that your fermented experiences have transformed you into a fine wine of wisdom. You become a fine wine pouring out wisdom And you become the very thing that refreshes and enriches the environment in which it is served. Now, like in each metaphor of the desert and the grape, both environments are exposing the person or the grape to that feeling of being parched or dried out or cut off from their supply of nourishment. And in both metaphors, you have a choice to make. First, in the desert, you can attempt to run away from the experience by seeking the mirage of an oasis and spending your life running, but never being fulfilled. Second, in the vineyard, you can compare your experience with what you're used to or what you know and what you see other people living, and then you dehydrate yourself so much with jealousy and cynicism that you shrivel up into a raisin in which people can now only stand for a short time. And third, you can allow your grape of a self to be squeezed and juiced by the environment to develop insights or newer levels of understanding that can now be applied to multiple situations. 
And fourth, upon having insights squeezed from you, you can then allow those insights to be continued to be fermented so that each new experience continues to break you down and remake you into that fine bottle of wine that pours out humility and wisdom. So yeah, I want you to know I see you, I hear you, and I feel you, my friends. Your work environment has you feeling parched and dried out. Now, not only has the pandemic era of COVID created even more of a parched working environment, but a post-COVID era is proving to have developed a way of working that has completely invaded your time away from work, where you're no longer able to seek shade, rest, and nourishment from that scorching heat and stress of work and expectations. And if the scorching rays of stress don't have you completely parched by the time you get home, oh, don't worry, there's something for you. That constant pelting of a sandstorm of winds will bring you the never-ending chafing from notifications, emails, and phone calls that extend well beyond the workday, keeping your mind in a tizzy and your peace just out of reach. So hear me, my friend. (laughs) No one would knowingly choose this parched environment of stress that you may be experiencing. But, and hear me on this, every person comes to a point in their life or career where they go through it. You know, you can call it a season or even a rite of passage, but every single human being will have their moment in the sun, if you will. (laughs) I love puns. They're going to have their moment in the sun where the scorching rays of stress have them questioning their job, their career, and even themselves. And I'm not exempt either. I had my soul parching experience that completely wrecked me from the inside out. I stepped into that skip level promotion in order to open a brand new high school, only to be immediately thrown into a pandemic that flipped education on its head. I never, (laughs) never before had experienced that amount of overwhelming imposter syndrome, public expectations and public anxiousness, long working hours, stress of building an organization from the ground up, a workforce full of anxiety an absolutely maddening internal fear of not being able to accomplish my purpose of educating children. I had days in my parching experience where I would literally curl up in a ball and cry my eyes out (laughs) because I couldn't see a way out of the heat rays of stress and the sandy winds of expectations bearing down on me. I felt like every piece of my soul was being sucked dry from all that was positive and good. Now, I need a side moment here. Let me be very clear about something. When sharing our own experiences and listening to others, just like I've shared mine, we should never compare our parching wasteland experiences to one another. There is no prize for the person that has the hardest, driest, or most traumatic experience in their personal or professional life. So don't listen to people's stories to compare. Listen to empathize and support. Each parching experience each person has is still an extremely hard experience that they go through where their soul feels parched, dried up, and without positive nourishment, they feel like their hopes are burning away with the heat waves of stress, problems, conflicts, and constraints. It doesn't matter the temperature of the heat or the depth of the stress. The effects on each person (laughs) leaves them longing for relief before they shrivel up or implode from the inside out. So again, never compare experiences. Instead, learn to listen, to empathize, and support. So thank you for that side note on sharing our stories here. And now I want to get back to the metaphors on 
What can we learn from these experiences and how can we find the secret to contentment and leadership? So each person's soul parching experience of overwhelming stress, problems, conflicts, or constraints at work will and can wreck us emotionally and even physically. But before you decide or make any kind of decision on what your next step is in this situation, I really want to break down the outcomes of each of these choices that I've kind of talked about so far. You know, each of the choices that you have when you experience that parched experience or that environment at work where you are so stressed out and dried up that you just can't even. So like in our metaphors, when you find yourself in an environment that's leaving you parched and begging for relief, you're going to come to that point where you have to make a decision. You have to decide your next move. So I want to look specifically at all of those outcomes, and I'm going to start with the desert experience where you choose to chase the mirage of an oasis. Now I'm going to call this option one. In option one, when people are seeking relief from their parched and stressful work environments, they tend to see and choose to chase the mirage of an oasis. They believe the illusion and the lie that the perfect blank (laughs) exists and fill in the blank with whatever you want. You know, the blank is going to give them nourishment. The blank is going to make them feel happy. The blank is going to make them feel valued. Yes, many people in their parched experiences choose option one. And in doing so, they're choosing a life of chasing, of constantly running, because they choose to chase the blank. They think, oh, if I just had blank, then I'd be happy. Oh, if I just had blank, then I would feel valued. They watch, you know, talk shows and social media reels where people highlight their blanks and they give them three ways or 10 ways to do blank so that they can accomplish that feeling of blank and they can feel valued, but they're all chasing. Y'all, I care too much about you not to share the small, tiny amounts of insights that I have about the outcome of choosing to constantly chase the mirage of blank. If you're in a hard situation at work, and you chase the mirage oasis of blank, then you're going to spend your career and your life running (laughs) without ever finding fulfillment because you're chasing something that's not lasting. Mirages don't last. They give you the hope of nourishment, but they fade away without ever having actually refueled your soul. And like mirages, feelings are fleeting. Don't chase feelings. You know, and having things that produce those feelings are fleeting. Don't chase things. Feelings don't last. The feelings from things doesn't last. So don't chase a feeling. Happiness is a feeling that is fleeting depending on the situation you're in. (laughs) I can be happy one moment and depressed the next because no one is ever happy 100% of the time. And there is no perfect job. There is no perfect company and there is no perfect boss. That's a mirage. It doesn't really exist. So stop chasing a feeling because the outcome is to always be chasing, but to never find. And also stop chasing your value and your self-worth. People chase money, fame, success, religion, or likes on social media to find that feeling of value or self-worth. But y'all, and now lean in and hear what I'm saying. If you find yourself chasing your value, I just beg you, stop running. Instead, sit, sit down, be still. Be still and know that you are already valued and you're already of worth. You already have it. You don't have to chase it. You don't have to earn it. 
It's already yours, and it's given to you by God, your creator. So stop chasing your self-worth and stop chasing the feeling of happiness. Self-worth is something you already have, and happiness is a fleeting emotion, not a state of being. So those that choose option one in their stressful situation, they choose to run away. They're running away from the parched and stressful desert environment to chase the next best blank in order to feel happy. Your outcome from this choice is to spend a life on the run, hopping from one job to the next, always given the excuse on how the current job didn't make you happy or make you feel valued, but how the next one's going to. That's option one. So now I want to switch to the grape experience. Those of you that are having the grape experience, well, (laughs) you've been plucked from your comfortable life on the vine where you came from an environment of constant nourishment, where you were surrounded by other grapes, but now you find yourself parching and lonely and in an environment of leadership. You're a lone grape that's been picked for a purpose. But for those of you that choose option two, the grape experience, you choose the life of comparison. You've chosen the outcome of dehydrating your life of joy until you become shriveled with jealousy and cynicism. For those of you feeling the heat of leadership, but continually compare your current situation to that of what it used to be, or if you're comparing your life to other leaders or the way you see other people living, then you're choosing to allow the thief of comparison to steal or dehydrate any joy that you could have hoped to have had. Because you see, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is constantly looking at the differences between two things. It's about focusing on the gaps. You know, comparison is constantly looking at the gap between what you have and what others have, what you deserve and what you don't have. And it really makes you focus on the negative. Now, on this one, I want you to think about going out to a happy hour with your friends, <laughs> especially uh, friends from work, or maybe you're watching social media. So go to any happy hour or watch anyone's social media. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's safe to say that most people in our conversation were negative, right? We talk about negative things, meaning we talk about our work and it's usually negative. It's in a negative context about the gaps of how it's not meeting our expectations of what we deserve. Now, the way option two, that person that chooses option two talks about it is always negative. I'm so stressed. I'm dealing with so many problems. My coworkers make my job harder. I work under bad management. I work in a toxic work culture or I'm burned out. And then we talk about what we should have or what we deserve. It's a life of constantly seeing the negative and feeling robbed. When we give in to this negativity long enough, we become cynical Believing that everyone essentially is selfish and that honestly, just people suck. (laughs) And we don't even like people or society in general anymore because they're always against us. Now, please understand that I definitely don't want to undermine the hard times people are experiencing. I know you're going through a very difficult season of problems, conflicts, constraints, or transitions at work. But mathematically speaking, I have to ask, can everything be bad? There is a difference between venting for a session, and then just be negative, period. There's got to be some good to be found in your life. It can't all suck. If you knowingly choose to focus on the negatives at work, then the negatives are all you are ever going to see. So I beg you not to choose option two, a life of comparison. And if you have to, stop. Stop comparing what you have to what you or society says you should have. 
When we stop looking only at the negative and finding the things that we can actually be thankful for, our hearts will find gratitude in what we have instead of always longing for what we don't have. And when your heart finds gratitude, you find joy. But those that choose option two because they want to constantly compare what they have to what should be, they, they live a life dehydrated of joy and they shrivel up with jealousy and cynicism. Now, I want you to think about option one and option two. Option one is chasing the mirage of the perfect whatever blank. Option two is the comparison that just dehydrates your life of joy. But there are two more options. All right, we have option three and option four. So those choosing to allow the parching environment to squeeze the juice from them and transform them from grape juice with insights to a fine wine pouring out wisdom, those are the ones that take roads three and four. Those that choose options three and four are choosing to allow the environment to teach them a lesson. They're willing to shed pieces of themselves and what may momentarily feel like a failure, but is squeezing of that knowledge to develop insights of understanding and the fermentation of breaking down of self and those insights to create that fine wine of wisdom. People that choose option three start their journey no different than those who chose options one and two. They come into an environment with the same book knowledge (laughs) and the same amount of stress levels. I mean, everybody starts their journey into leadership with some sort of knowledge or they wouldn't be in a position to influence others to begin with. And everybody experiences that new environment with a sense of stress and imposter syndrome of, oh, this sucks. I don't want to be here. But those that choose options three and four, they allow their experiences in that parched and stressful filled environment to squeeze them. They don't run away from the squeezing. They don't curse at the squeezing, saying they deserve more, deserve better. They absorb the squeezing and the crushing. Now, why do they do that? Because they know that the squeezing of each hard situation and the crushing of each failure will take their service level knowledge and turn it into insights of a deeper understanding, a deeper understanding of people, of leadership, and of honestly, just life in general. And those that choose options three and four take their new juice of insights or their deeper understandings of people, leadership, and life, and they learn how to apply them to new situations. Like juice being poured from one container to the next, they learn how to take their insights and apply them to every new situation. Some juice of insights, sure, it's spilled out in failure, but most insights remain intact. And those in the midst of option three become stronger leaders because they know how to take the situation they've been in, that they've been given, and they adjust. They're able to accomplish their purpose no matter the container or the situation they're given. But these leaders would not have the sweet juice of insights had they not been squeezed by stress and crushed by failure. For it's the squeezing and the crushing of the grape that produces the juice in the first place. Grapes that aren't squeezed and crushed to produce the juice of insights are the ones that get stuck at option two, and they're dehydrated by comparison and jealousy and cynicism. Now, many leaders can live a very positive and very impactful life by choosing option three, by allowing themselves to be squeezed and crushed into the juice of insights that can take the form of any container or situation they're in. But... It's the leaders that choose to move on their journey into option four 
that allow their juice of insights to go through the fermented process of being completely broken down to the bare essence of who they are and their purpose, that they emerge a completely new and humble creation of wine. Now, through the breaking down of all their arrogance, their pride, their bias, and yes, their knowledge and insights, they are fermented into a fine wine that is able to pour out wisdom for others to drink up. Their wisdom is poured out in the humble action of serving and enriching the lives of others. But how did our parched soul of a grape become the wine of wisdom to be poured out? (laughs) The answer is overwhelmingly simple. It's by learning from its experiences. And here's where I hope my extended metaphors really make sense for those of you going through a soul-parching experience at work right now. First, know that you have options. You are not a victim of your environment ever. But with your options, ultimately, (laughs) you have to make a decision. So you have choices. But with choices and decisions also come consequences. And consequences can be good or bad. Either way, you're having consequences. So some of you are budding leaders out there that hate (laughs) the parched environment of stress and expectations so much that you decide to run away. You decide to chase the mirage of the perfect job or the perfect company and you run. You run to chase the blank to find your happiness and your self-worth. Now, some of you are budding leaders out there that hate the parched environment of stress and expectations so much that you decide to see only the negative and compare it to what you should have because of what you deserve. And so you begin to wither, becoming dehydrated of joy because you've allowed the thief of comparison to steal it. And now some of you, some of you are budding leaders out there that, again, hate the parched environment of stress and expectations so much, but you decide to fail forward. You decide to focus on progress over perfection. And so you choose to allow your knowledge of leadership to be squeezed and crushed, gaining new insights from every squeezing situation you go through and applying the insights gained from each failure into the next situation and the next and the next. And so you become a leader of insights with understanding on how to lead and achieve in professional success. And now lastly, Some of you are budding leaders out there who hate that parched environment of stress and expectations. You hate it so much, but you decide to not only allow your knowledge to be squeezed and crushed within each situation so you gain insights, but you humbly allow yourself to be broken down and to be remade into a new creation that sees each situation and experience as a teacher and yourself as a student to learn the lesson. And by constantly being the student, you have in turn become the master. The finely aged and fermented wine pouring out wisdom that transcends all situations and environments and leads to the contentment of life professionally and personally. Through your humility of always learning the lesson, each environment and situation has to teach you, you have learned to be content. So what's the secret to contentment and leadership? There is no secret. Contentment is a state of mind that you have learned to have, no matter the situation or environment you're in. Contentment is something to be learned from experience. To continue to learn the lesson being taught, because there's always a lesson being taught if you're only willing to learn it. 
To find contentment in leadership and in life is to have learned what it means to be brought low and to have learned to know how to abound in any and every circumstance, to have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. To have learned the secret of contentment, you must have learned that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, who refines you, who remakes you, who restores you, who helps you build your life on the rocks so that you become wise. Leaders going through hard situations at work, lean in and listen in. Whether it's your physical or mental health, your marriage, your parenting, or your career, Here is what I'm sure of. Every problem, conflict, constraint, and hard situation will teach you a great deal about yourself, about people, and about the good God that created you. Every situation that squeezes you and feels like it's crushing you can be the process God is using to also remake you, to find joy and contentment in the lesson learned no matter the hardship of the trial. And like you, I am constantly feeling parched from an environment. And like you, I also have choices to make. I can choose to run. I can choose to chase. I can choose to dehydrate and shrivel. I can choose to be squeezed and crushed. Or I can choose to be remade. Know that wisdom is a strict teacher. And it always requires that you put in the work to gain the lesson learned. There's no shortcuts. There's no skip levels here. Success in gaining wisdom and contentment is not a linear path with no obstacles. (laughs) It is a fall down and get back up road of trials that requires the squeezing of difficult situations and the crushing of failures. But through the squeezing and the crushing, you develop humility. You develop resiliency. You develop leadership and you develop contentment. You are being remade into new wine where wisdom can be poured out if you allow yourself to go through the experience of hardship. So remember that when you face trials at work or trials in your marriage or trials in your parenting, don't chase the mirage of a feeling that doesn't last or the perfection that doesn't exist. Don't become so chained by the comparison of the way it should look or the way it should feel that all joy in your life is shriveled up. Yes, your job may be stressful. Yes, people do and will always cause conflict. Yes, you didn't marry the perfect spouse. And yes, you are not raising perfect kids. But there is so much wisdom, joy, and contentment to be found among the imperfections of life. So don't rob yourself of the beautiful lessons learned by running away in search for the mirage or to dry up with your joy because of comparison. Instead, have confidence in knowing that you are imperfect, yet wonderfully made. And all that wisdom is coming from God, and there is joy to be found in the humbling lessons learned from the environments and experiences that squeeze and crush and remake you. So see the good. Keep taking steps of progress when you fall or when you fail. Get up, learn the lesson, and keep going. Keep moving forward. Be present and be grateful. And as you're being poured out in humble service to others, 
Be able to pour out your wisdom by being able to say, I have learned. Until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me.